The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today welcome to all around sports with john inglesby john's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players former players commissioners and owners john and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports now let's talk all around sports here's your host john inglesby voice america listeners welcome to the 142nd ever show of all around sports each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in about 15 minutes, we will be joined by Army women's basketball coach Dave McGarity, only the second D1 coach ever to lead both a men's and women's team to the NCAA tournament. And after that, Matt LaPan, Patriots writer and NFL draft writer for Pro Football Spot, will call in. So we can start with breaking news where it has just been announced on ESPN that Jim Calhoun, former UConn coach and three-time national champion, has significant interest in the Boston College job. Pretty ironic because my low light of the week was actually going to be that with Harvard winning again yesterday in an upset that their coach... Tommy Amaker, a Duke graduate, uh, was being talked about as, until moments ago, really the only candidate for the new Boston for the new vacancy of the Boston College men's basketball coaching position, which came open when they fired Coach Steve Donahue a few days ago. But. This news about Jim Calhoun is seismic. Uh, if you were watching the NCAAs last night, watching UConn, you would have seen Jim Calhoun sitting there, and uh, he's 71 years old, a native of nearby Braintree, Massachusetts, not far from where I'm broadcasting the show as we speak. And uh, wow, it's a wow, and probably more of a wow here in Boston than maybe other places around the country. But like I said, it was already uh, a hotly debated topic in that Tommy Amaker, who's done such a fabulous job at Harvard, uh, when they were doing the news conferences leading up to yesterday's game, which they won uh, for the second year in a row, they won their opening round game, 
Uh, and yesterday they beat a very good Cincinnati team. But anyway, during the press conference leading up to that, uh, you know, the tone of the questions was much more about Tommy Amaker and his future versus the Harvard team uh, and how they were going to do uh, in the NCAAs starting with last night against Cincinnati. So uh, I think I was right to pick that singular subject of Tommy Amaker as the bizarre news item of the week, uh, but now it's even more bizarre as Jim Calhoun is apparently uh, another horse in the race for the BC basketball job. Now let's move on to the overall NCAA March Madness that got underway yesterday and take more of a global view. Needless to say, my highlight of the week was yesterday's great NCAA opening round games. I think you could make the case that it was the best first day ever. And I say that starting with uh, a number of classics, the... Game of the day, as far as fabulous ending, uh, buzzer beater, if you will, was Texas last night, literally getting a shot with, at best, two-tenths, maybe one-tenth of a second uh, from their big man, Ridley, to, uh, to win their game, which was just a remarkable game to watch. And uh, North Dakota, North Dakota State played also in a great game, they uh, they had a late game shot to send it into overtime, and then they were able to win their game. And uh, a couple other great games was uh, St. Louis against NC State. They battled uh, throughout the game. They were down in the teens at one point. Uh, Kept hanging in there, and, uh, you know, they they got it done uh, to beat NC State in overtime. And uh, that was spectacular. And UConn themselves, they they were involved in an overtime game and, again, battled back, came down to the wire. And uh, so it was just remarkable stuff, you know. The North Dakota State victory over Oklahoma probably had the most emotion of any game when they won. And, uh, you know, Texas beating Arizona State was just uh, tremendous theater. I mean, there was no doubt he got the shot off, but really, uh, one-tenth of a second, uh, maybe two-tenths at best. But he definitely got it out of his hand, and uh, it was just a spectacular ending. There was also some, uh, some you know, games that were closer than we would have expected, where Manhattan last night hung with Louisville, made it respectable. Same with uh, University of Albany, who won their play-in game this week, also making it respectable uh, as they went up against overall number one seed and number one team in the country, Florida. So, uh, you know, so, so that was some great stuff to watch. I, I found myself definitely uh, stopping what I was doing to watch the Albany-Florida game because uh, who expected that? And, you know, it was really a game uh, close until about 10 minutes to go in the second half. Florida was beginning to assert control. And then, uh, you know, 
overall they did, uh, but it was still uh, excellent theater, to say the least, and uh, had they been able to pull it off, and Florida pulled away in the last 10 minutes, but it probably would have been the biggest upset in the history of the NCAA tournament, period. Uh, a play, you know, a play-in game winner beating the overall number one seed, it would have been uh, stunning, to put it mildly. So we'll loop back to, you know, the, <clears throat> the Harvard game, uh, which was excellent. You got to hand it to him after not ever even being in the NCAA tournament for whatever, 60 years. They've now won two opening games, game opening round games in a row, so that was impressive. And uh, boy, they're going up against Michigan State tomorrow. And uh, this Harvard team, I've been watching them closely for about three years now, and uh, they've got quite a good program going there. Obviously, Jeremy Lin went there, so it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow. Beyond that, uh, interesting to see what happens with Tommy Amaker, the coach, with the BC job, and again, as I said at the top of the show, with uh, Jim Calhoun now apparently in the running. Uh, probably the biggest upset and uh, bizarre game as well was Dayton beating Ohio State, which is a lot like you know, little brother beating big brother. I mean, Dayton is obviously in Ohio and uh, not far from Columbus. And that was just a, a spectacular game to watch. I mean, Dayton came to play. A few people called this upset, <clears throat> you know, some of the national announcers. So it wasn't, you know, what I would call a, a total shock. But uh, nonetheless, it was... Uh, a stunning game to watch. I mean, the central figure in all of it was Buckeye senior Aaron Kraft, and he basically made a shot to, you know, give them the lead and with a minute or so to go, and then uh, Dayton came down and scored, and then Aaron Kraft hustled the ball up the court, and he got a look uh, that didn't go in at the buzzer. And Aaron Kraft, fascinating college player, to say the least. Uh, apparently going to med school and a polarizing figure, shockingly so, because you know he plays the game hard, but he's a lot about what's right in college sports when you get kids like this. But uh, yet he seems to have uh, a legion of people uh, that are not fans of his. I, of course, uh, covered the NCAA tournament up here about two years ago. Uh, it was held in Boston that year, and Ohio State made the Eastern Regional Final, and Aaron Kraft was a sophomore. So I really have a, a bit of a allegiance, if you will, uh, to Ohio State only in that, uh, let's just say, not allegiance as much as an interest. Um, in Ohio State and Aaron Kraft. And uh, so that was interesting to watch, to say the least. Uh, again, he, he basically, for better and worse, uh, you know, was the central figure in that game, particularly in the end. He also, you know, was called for a flagrant foul. 
Um, so Aaron Kraft was, again, just right in the middle of things, as he has been for all four years of his college career. And uh, I, for one, you know, will be sad to see the guy go. I, I thought he was uh, always fun to watch, always made it interesting, and uh, he certainly did that yesterday. Speaking of the NCAA Final Four from uh, a couple of years ago that I covered, where I sat in on all the press conferences and, uh, you know, got a feel for the coaches. Wisconsin was one of those teams. They won big yesterday. Uh, Syracuse was another one of those teams. And uh, they also won big yesterday. Um so, in Cincinnati was the fourth team uh, back then, and Mick Cronin was their coach then, as he was yesterday. And so it was uh, pretty interesting stuff, to say the least, uh, that all four teams that I covered and, again, really got a feel for, sat in on all the press conferences, went to the practices at the Boston Garden, uh, heard all the coaches speak, what have you, and... Uh, it was it was good stuff, to say the least. And uh, here they all all are, all four back in uh, the NCAs again. Cincinnati is now out. Ohio State is now out, but Wisconsin and Syracuse will carry the uh, Boston Regional banner from just a couple of years ago. So now, as my former co-host Lemont Williams from outside the huddle likes to say, it's time to base some bills. So let's take our break. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented to you by Outdoor Channel. Well, I'll relive and tell the tale of my epic safari adventure to South Africa with Daniel DeToy of Kaluby Safaris, and we'll also hear from outdoor writer and TV personality, Ron Spomer. So get ready for near-death Cape Buffalo encounters, planes, game pursuits, exquisite cuisine, and 100% Jimmy. Hey, this is presented to you by Outdoor Channel and Ram Trucks. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit marchofdimes.com. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is Dave McGarity, coach of the women's basketball team at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, and only the second Division One coach ever to lead both the men, a men's and women's team at the NCAA tournament. And also now the winningest coach in Army women's basketball history. Dave, how you doing today? John, I'm doing great. Uh, can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly. Thank you for taking the time to call in. I apologize for being late. I'm, uh, I'm just in the middle of, uh, we have our team at the Walter Reed Hospital. and We're visiting with the Wounded Warriors here before we go to practice at the University of Maryland. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's tremendous. And... Perfectly befitting what I would expect uh, a team from West Point to be doing. I'm sure that must be inspirational for you down there. No, it's 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 been an incredible experience for our young ladies. Uh, you know, it's 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 hard for us because when we we do play American University and, and Navy down in this area, obviously, but uh, because of the tight schedule with the game and the travel, we don't have the time to get this done. So we. Uh, it's it's really it's really a great experience and one of the great things I just uh, was able to see a former men's player here who um, you know lost a, lost a limb uh, in Afghanistan who was a captain uh, back in 2009 on our men's basketball team uh, Lieutenant uh, Zastapul and he's just a wonderful guy and you know he's talking to our girls uh, right now as we speak so it's um, it's it's really a special thing to do. 
Very special. That's amazing. I actually thought maybe you would be in transport in transit down to uh, College Park, Maryland, where you play the Terrapins tomorrow night. Uh, but did you head down yesterday or early this morning? Well, we, what we did with this um, ability to get into Walter Reed today, because we had to jump through some hoops and um, make some calls <laughs> to, to get this done, we, we got up at the crack of dawn, left West Point this morning at about 5.45 a.m. and uh, got down here, and uh, we've been here for a couple hours. So it's a long day, but it's certainly worth it. Well, it's part of what has been just an amazing week for you, Uh Last Saturday evening, fortunately, I came across your Patriot League championship game on CBS Sports on television against Holy Cross uh, from your arena at West Point, and it was just an amazing game to watch. You obviously won to get uh, the second bid ever to the NCAA tournament for the Army women's basketball team. Uh, What was that like for you, Dave? Well, it, it was special for me. I I was here back in 2006 as, as the associate head coach with uh, with Maggie Dixon, and um, that was a storybook uh, year for us. Um, but unfortunately, tragically, she passed away uh, a month after the season. And uh, as you know, John, I, I ended up deciding to stay, and um, yes. I've been here ever since. It's been a uh, it's it's been a great experience for me, you know, somebody who had done 32 years on the men's side and uh, thought maybe I was done with coaching, and somehow they pulled me back in, and uh, and uh, here I am. I mean, it's uh, it's just a uh, it's been a it's been a lot of fun, and it's been very rewarding working with these young uh, these young cadets. Well, you've built a tremendous program there, Dave. Uh, you and I, of course, attended the same college. Uh, at the same time, uh, which would be St. Francis University down in Loretto, Pennsylvania. Then we reconnected back in the 2007 time frame, uh, which was your first year as the head coach at Army. You put together uh, a great team in your first year there, and I attended some of the games and, uh, of course, wrote a story, and you were recognized nationwide for... uh, you know, what you were able to accomplish, you know, in your first year as head coach, given the circumstances and having worked uh, with Maggie Dixon uh, in getting West Point's first ever bid. So congratulations to you on building the program you have. I mean, your team was 25 and 7 this year, 25 being the most wins in Army history. So why don't you tell me a little bit about this team you've got going down there? Well, we're uh, we're <laughs> headed into this um, very very challenging game with a yes, seven yes. game winning streak, and um, you know we uh, we did not win the regular season. Uh, we 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 were the number one seed last year with a very very young team. Uh, sort of fooled a lot of people. Have been picked preseason eighth. Uh, I'm sorry, fifth out of an eight team league, and. Uh, we were very, very, very fortunate to recruit a, a, a really special player last year. She was the first player in Patriot League history to be named Rookie and Player of the Year as a freshman. Uh, her name is Kelsey Minato, and she uh, uh, she has just been phenomenal. Uh, you know, an exciting player, uh, an incredibly talented kid, and 
Um, she just has been such a great addition to our program, and um, you know she's sort of the heart and soul of this of this team. And we're still relatively young, John. I mean, we only have one senior graduating this year, so um, it's um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I mean, we uh, we finished uh, at two, uh, but then Holy Cross um, was able to upset Navy. Who, uh, who had gone to three consecutive NCAA tournaments. So uh, we, we got upset last year and ended up playing in the Women's National Invitational Tournament, which was a great experience for a young team. And I think that had a lot to do with us being able to, to make the next step in our uh, development. Yeah, well, indeed, your team <clears throat> is very, very exciting. And, and Kelsey Minato is most certainly a... Uh, Special player. She was the MVP of the Patriot League tournament. She's had double-digit scoring in 48 straight games. And I'm looking right at and holding in my hand right now the uh, Sports Illustrated from just a couple of weeks ago where she made uh, faces in the crowd for uh, going 26 for 26 from the free throw game in a game against the very same Holy Cross team that you beat last Saturday for the Patriot League title. She had 49 points in that game, but the 26 for 26 was uh, an NCAA women's record for consecutive and total free throws in a game. And uh, again, making the magazine Sports Illustrated pretty impressive. So she is just off to, uh, you know, what could be a remarkable career and it's been that already in just you know a couple of years no absolutely she's uh the, the youngest uh player to, to score a thousand points in uh you know in her first two years uh first player to do it this early and um you know barring any injuries um uh, and just being able to continue on the same developmental stage she's on which would surprise me if she didn't, because she's such a dedicated young lady. But she's so uh, she's so into the academy and re- really uh, all about selfless service. And she, she's just a remarkable young kid. So I mean, we got a great group in general. I mean, I got some great kids uh, who are all super committed to this place. And um, I, I just uh, it's it's made my life and my you know for me it, as I wind down my career. Um, it's what a great place to be. Yes, tremendous, to say the least. And uh, you have a great team, but another uh, star on your team has been uh, Jen Hazlitt, correct? Yeah, she's a senior, uh, our oldest senior. Um, has had a terrific year. You know, was named to the all-tournament all, uh, team, and she was an all-league player, um, two-time all-league player, and just a, a great shooter. She got in foul trouble in the championship game, so didn't have the kind of numbers, but when she got back in the second half, uh, had a huge impact in helping us maintain that lead. She's a great rebounder at her position, and, um, you know, we're, we got our hands full on Sunday, John. I mean, this team, uh, I was a little disappointed uh, that we uh, we didn't get a, a 12 seed in the tournament. I thought, based on our RPI, I think we finished around 57 and the fact that our conference was rated the number 11 league in the country, um, which put, makes us the second highest rated mid-major conference, that we deserved a, maybe a 12 seed. But even more so, I was I was stunned that Maryland was given such a, a high seed at four. 
I mean, they were ranked as high as fourth in the country most of the year. So, I mean, that, that's just a little confusing to me why they would be a four seed, which puts us in a tough spot because we're going to play them on their home floor in the first round. So, you know, if you, if you, if you were able to get to that 12 seed, uh, you're going to play, uh, you're not going to have to play the host team. So Pennsylvania is in our, is in our pod and they play Texas, um, uh, in the other game with us. So, you know, it is what it is. I can't change that now, but, uh, we're just going to have to go out and do our very best. I think Maryland is an extraordinary team. They're very talented. Yeah, well, Maryland has been on the national stage for a number of years now. I actually remember when they won the national championship up here in Boston, uh, you know, six, eight years ago. And I have no doubts that, uh, you know, your team is going to show up, play well. Uh, when I saw the seeding, I was... Number one, disappointed because yeah. I was hoping it would be up here in Storrs, Connecticut, because I was going to drive over and see the game. Uh, but number two, drawing Maryland in College Park on their home floor, that, that indeed, uh, I was surprised like you were with the seating. Uh, but, you know, uh, you and your team are used to facing tough battles, obviously, and, and I just want to wish you, uh, you know, the best of luck on Sunday evening. Uh, certainly, I'll be watching and look forward to it, Dave. Well, I, I certainly appreciate that, John. It's it's great catching up with you, and and hopefully, um, you know, maybe we can pull the pull the big upset. You know, where uh, their their best player is a three time ACC Player of the Year, Alyssa Thomas, and you know we know um, we know that that's going to be a huge matchup problem for us. But you know what? We'll we'll give it our best shot, and I certainly have an old question. These kids will will give it everything they have. So. Uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But it's been great talking to you, and and um, best of luck to you. Thanks, Dave. I really appreciate you taking the time to call in, and best of luck Sunday, and best wishes for the rest of your day at uh, at Walter Reed. I think it's terrific that you're there. Thanks, John. Take care. Thank you, Dave. And that was Dave McGarity, the head basketball coach at the United States Military Academy, the women's team. Uh, And they face Maryland on Sunday, an NCAA tournament women's game, opening round game. And uh, we'll see what develops. So with that said, we're going to take our break. And next on the line will be Matt LaPan, Patriots writer and NFL draft writer for Pro Football Spot. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Lockdown coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888 346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us is Matt LaPan, Patriots writer and NFL draft writer for Pro Football Spot. And like all of us, especially this time of year, a big college basketball fan. And Matt, thanks for joining the show. How you doing today? Pretty good, John. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. It's been uh, been a while since you've been a guest. You've been on a few times before, uh, so been long overdue having you back. And Matt, I started by say the show by saying that uh, I thought yeah, I, I think you could make the case that yesterday may have been one of the, if not the, greatest one day NCAA tournament day ever. Uh, and I say that for one simple reason. After having only two overtime games in the previous two years of the tournament, there was four, I believe, yesterday on opening day. And, of course, it started with the massive Dayton upset of Ohio State as the first game of the entire tournament. So so what do you think of that? Do you think yesterday was uh, a historic day? Yeah, that's fair to say. I mean, today and yesterday are probably the two of the best days in, of the entire year. When yes. You have 32 awesome games on. You know, you get some blowouts in there, but then you have the games like that Dayton game, like the Harvard upset, some of these overtime games, and they were just phenomenal. And you can't overlook the UConn game, which a lot of people kind of overlooked with all the, the big upsets. That was one of the best games of the entire year in college basketball, let alone just for the tournament. So, yeah, I think yesterday could have been one of the one of the best I've seen, at least. Yes, me too, and I watched, uh, you know... <laughs> Uh, 12 hours, noon to midnight, and maybe a little beyond. And you, you mentioned UConn. I watched that game. I mentioned it early as one of the top games of the day, and it was spectacular. But I know you're busy, but uh, you may or may not be aware that ESPN is reporting that Jim Calhoun uh, is apparently interested in the Boston College coaching job. I did see that, and I think that that's great for Boston College. They're coming off a couple down years here. Really, this year was about as low as I've seen BC in a long time. I think yes. that the cachet of a name like Jim Calhoun would not only help the recruiting, which would build the program, but I think it brings a sense of legitimacy back into the Boston College basketball scene. The other name that's been floated around there has been Tommy Amaker. 
Of course. Um, I think that Amker would be a good coach, but what BC needs right now is a guy who can bring in those big-name recruits, and I think Calhoun's perfect for the job. Have him come in four or five years, coach it up, get you back to a, a national contender, then you can move to a younger coach. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's great. I, I'm sure the happiest people in the world right now are Harvard, um, if indeed it, it comes to fruition with Calhoun. I mean, he is a Boston boy. He's from Braintree, which is half an hour from where you and I are. And, uh, you know, he left UConn after three national championships for health reasons. But I thought he looked great when they showed him at the game last night. And uh, sometimes a year or two off can do wonders. He is 71 years old, but uh, a feisty guy, to put it mildly, a, a unique an original, shall we say, and uh, I, I totally agree. And I Instant credibility. The health concerns are, are hopefully gone for him. I mean, the, right. he had some scary times in there, but I think the the relieved pressure of leaving the game for a little bit really boosted his health. He, like you said, he looks great when they showed him, and he left UConn in a good spot. They had a good coach to move in there for him, so it's not like there'd be any hard feelings if he took a new coaching job. But I think I think you'd be a perfect guy for the BC job. I do too. Uh, instant credibility for that program, and and right now they could use it. They've had, uh, you know, they've had their ups and downs. They've they've certainly had their moments over the years, to put it mildly. Uh, but I would love to see it. I mean, the minute I saw it, I was just thrilled. I mean, Jim Calhoun, college basketball is better off when he's in the game. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, just moving on, some of the other games, I mean, uh, for me, with all the great games, the game that brought me out of my chair, the ending last night, and there were some great endings, uh, was that Texas game where uh, their big man, Ridley, uh, put in a, you know, put in a putback with literally uh, two-tenths, maybe even one-tenth of a second left. No doubt he got it off in time, but it was a great play. He reached down for the ball on the floor and came up and in one motion, you know, put it in left-handed, and it was over uh, Arizona State's, like, seven-footer. He's a good player, so it, it was really a, a classic moment, to say the least. It wasn't. The, the thing that people are overlooking is how tough that shot is to put in left-handed for Ridley. Correct. He has a big man breathing down his neck. Time's running down. It's the biggest stage that he's probably ever played on, and he put that in with the left hand, and there's now the the famous picture that's been going across Twitter and across Facebook today of the Arizona State bench. And, you know, yes. people, people look at these guys and they think, you know, that it, it's got to be easy to be a, a college basketball player and they get so many perks, but what people don't realize, these are 18 to 21, 22-year-old kids. And they take this harder than anyone, and you could see it in the emotion on that Arizona State bench when they were sprawled out across the floor, just in pure disbelief while Texas celebrated. It's what's great about college basketball. It's why, honestly, I prefer to watch college basketball over the NBA. There's that emotion and really the love for the game still. And all credit to the TV coverage because no sooner did they show Texas celebrating that within an instant – they showed that Arizona bench, and it was exactly what you said. It was like players literally laying on their stomachs flat on the floor or sprawled out on the bench itself. It, it was just a, it was a classic shot. And, you know, tough to say that that 
shot of the losing team would be the take-home from that fabulous winning shot and the celebration, but it was, actually. It's, it's what a lot of people are going to remember, myself included, because it was, again, it, it captured the dejection that a team must feel. And, you know, for every winner, there's a loser and all the work is over and the season's over and they've played their last game perhaps together. And, uh, and that one shot just captured it all. And you just don't see that very often. Right. And between that and the, the shot of aircraft at Ohio State laying on his back on the floor following that game, really, it's like I said, it shows the raw emotion and shows you why the NCAA tournament is so great. Yeah, and it was interesting because one of the announcers said it very simply <clears throat> after the Ohio State game that, you know, of all the players in college basketball today, if not college basketball history, not good to see Aaron Kraft ending his college career flat on his back, but that's exactly what we got, and you just said it perfectly. Absolutely. Yeah, well, the, you know, and speaking of emotion and whatnot, uh, I thought the other emotion-charged game that really that I was really into it, and I really watched it again 12 hours nonstop, was, uh, you know, North Dakota State, the Bison. They're, they're, they're suddenly, I think you could make the case that that may have been, you know, a lot of people will say that was the most compelling game yesterday. Uh, you know, that was just fabulous theater, and one of their guys hit, you know, a game-tying shot, a jumper, and just celebrated like, uh, you know, like you just, like you read about. And exactly. so I just and thought... And it's not only that, it's a mid-major field, too. I mean, North Dakota State takes down Oklahoma. Uh, right. It's, it's something you would never think you would see, especially not in a major sporting event. And and they were able to come back. They were able to really push their agenda. They pressured Oklahoma. And I, I agree with you. I think that was probably my favorite game of the day. Just the, the speed of the game, the pace yes. of it at the end, and the way that it came down right to the end. It was great. And I think the Bisons really, they, they have a chance to, to be one of those teams that can use their defense and, hot shooting to carry them maybe through another upset yes they might be this year's dunk city i think they're just there's something about them that's likable uh you know their best player fouled out so they basically had to play on and win without him which was interesting braun was his name and uh taylor braun if i'm not mistaken and so that was interesting and then you know you talk about the shots of the losers as they were shaking hands there was a shot of the Oklahoma player from Denmark who had hit some two huge foul shots at the end of the game, crying, literally crying as he like lifted his jersey up over his nose, almost like a robber would wear, so to speak. And he's like just crying as he's shaking hands. I saw with that. The North it actually took me back to, I believe it was four or five years ago at this point, where Washington had a chance to win in an upset bid. And they had a player go to the free throw line, miss three free throws with literally no time on the clock. He was the only player on the floor and just pulled this jersey up over his head so that nobody could see him cry. Again, that's yes. that emotion you go to. And you, you hate to see it because these kids put so much into the season. They put so much into the entire year of training. And to see it come down to free throw shots, something they probably do a thousand times a week in the gym, sometimes the pressure just gets to them. Absolutely. And lastly, before we go to our break, uh, 
The St. Louis NC State game was re- it was also a remarkable game. St. Louis, the Billikens came back from being down in the teens, midway if not later in the second half. So NC State had complete control of that game. There's no way. I mean, uh, NC State lost that game as much if not more than St. Louis won it. But St. Louis, you know, stuck with it. And that was, again, just a very, very exciting game to say the least. Oh, absolutely. And St. Louis, you know, they're still playing in the memory of Rick Majerus, their right. great coach that um, they recently passed. And I think that, you know, that might have been a wake-up call. They've kind of, through the end, through most of the season, they kind of ghosted through the A-10. They had a great record. And a couple late losses, and I think they realized midway through that second half that they needed to get it together, otherwise they were going to be eliminated. Exactly. You know, that's always fascinating, you know, and wake-up calls. You know, I think uh, Louisville and Florida, the Gators, both got a wake-up call, too, because both of them had games closer than expected. Duke is what? They're tied with Mercer, if I'm not, something like that right now, 35-35, I think? They were up 35-34 at the half, I saw. I'm not sure if the second half is tipped off yet. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, there's a commercial on right now, so I'm not sure, but it's a close game. Uh, For any of our audience, uh, as soon as they're done listening to our show, should tune in. Uh, With that said, let's take our break, and uh, on the other side, we'll get into uh, a topic that's right in your wheelhouse, which is, of course, the NFL and free agency. It's been a wild couple of weeks there, too, Matt. Absolutely. I'm excited about it, and it's, uh, it's a great time to be a Patriots fan. <laughs> it is. Well, we'll cover that in, right after the break. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Where's America listeners? Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. 
And on the line with us still is Matt Lappin, Patriots writer and NFL draft writer for Pro Football Spot. And Matt, quite a week with free agency, and it's hard to believe we're both based up here in Boston, of course, that, you know, in week five, the Patriots could have Darrell Rivas and Brandon Browner as their starting cornerbacks. That's something to salivate over up here. Absolutely. Like I said, going into the break, it's a great time to be a Patriots fan. And it's a great time to be an NFL fan. This free agency period that first week was unbelievable. You saw big names being cut, big names being signed. You saw DeMarcus Ware tell the Cowboys he's been the cornerstone of that franchise for the past seven or eight years. And he told them he wanted out. And he went and signed with Denver. He's going to load up. And as John Elway put it, it's an arms race. Denver and New England really the two winners of free agency. And for New England fans, you couldn't have asked for anything better than Darrell Rivas. He is the best defensive player of this generation, in my opinion, but definitely in the league. And he wasn't necessarily used right down Tampa Bay. He's a, a press man kind of guy. They used him in zone. He'll come up here to New England, and he'll be put into press man right away. And then you have Brandon Browner, who's going to come and do the same thing come week five. And that just opens up all sorts of options for the Patriots. Rather than having a look at a cornerback potentially in this draft, they have their cornerback class set. Alfonso Dennard, who's been a starter for going on two years now, is not going to be your number three. Then you have Logan Ryan, who was tied for the team leading interceptions last year, led all rookies in interceptions. You have Kyle Arrington, who, while he struggles on the outside, when he plays in the slot, he is very good. And it opens up options. Patriots can now go ahead and look at a pass rusher. They can maybe look at a linebacker because they lost a couple of their linebackers. They do have a good core, but they lack depth. So it's really it's, it's interesting. The Patriots have a lot of options they can go with. So it looks like they're going to miss out on the one that I wanted them to do, and that was Jared Allen. It looks like he's going to probably sign up in Seattle. Yeah, although that one's been a little weird. Uh, it seemed like it was just a done deal, but then... He hasn't signed yet. That's the only way you can say it. So, right, uh, and it's kind of it. It almost reminds me of the whole, um, the whole Brandon Browner situation and the Darrell yep. Rivas situation around here. Browner, good point. You know, it was a done deal. He was signed. All of a sudden, he he has a meeting canceled. It's back on. Is he going to sign? Is he not? In the end, he came here. Patriots went out big. I think that's probably what's going to happen with Allen in the end. He said he was looking for the same deal that DeMarcus Ware and Julius Peppers got, that three years, $30 million. The big question with him is, one, are you willing to give that to him? And two, what's the guaranteed money look like? Because the, the Ware and the Peppers contract, they may be identical on the face, but when you dig into it, Ware's guaranteed $20 million over that three years, while Peppers is only guaranteed seven point five, and that's all guaranteed in the first year. So it looks like Peppers is almost more of a one-year deal with a lot of team options and incentive-laden contracts and all that. Well, Blair is a big one. I don't think I would give Jared Allen anywhere close to that. I'd probably go, you know, two years, 17 or 18 with him and give him half of that guaranteed. But he said if if he doesn't get what he wants, that he's just going to retire. So it's going to be interesting to see what Seattle offers. Very, very interesting. And they've, you know, a few players have left uh, the world champions, uh, you know, in recent weeks and signed with other teams. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Other people who are out there that, 
you know, big names that haven't signed but have made visits. You know, Maurice Jones-Drew, of course, visited the Steelers, left without signing. Uh, no Sean Marino uh, is out on the trail. Michael Vick. Uh, so these are, you know, some pretty significant names, and we're all yeah, and waiting with bated breath to see what they do. Running back this year is, is last year's cornerback. We all remember that Akeem Talib came back to New England last year on a one-year deal because the market was so soft. This year, it's really it's wide receivers and running backs just can't get the contracts that they're looking for. I think that's what brought Julian Edelman back to the Patriots. He yep. thought he was going to be able to go out and get a much bigger deal. He didn't get it, came back to where he's familiar, got a pretty good deal from the Patriots. But you look at some of the other receivers that are out there, Steve Smith, I mean, yes, he's getting up there in age, but for the, the ability he brings and the name he has, did get a very big deal. People are, people are talking about, you know, a guy like Tyquan Underwood is considered one of the bigger wide receiver signings. He just signed today in Carolina. <laughs> it's not a good year to be a wide receiver or a running back, but it's a great year to be an offensive tackle or a cornerback because they're getting paid through the roof. Yeah, well, you bring a good global view there. That, that's really a good analysis of, like, the big picture of it all. Uh, some of the big names that have signed just this week, Devin Hester to the Falcons, Charles Woodson to the Raiders. We, of course, mentioned Green Bay signing Julius Peppers, Dominic rogers Cromarty to the Giants, uh, Keem Nix from the Giants to the Colts, and then Emmanuel Sanders to the Broncos in what... Uh, uh, He's getting a lot of pub for apparent shady dealings by Sanders' agent. So, and we're in week three, and the interest is still like we're getting still these like crazy stories. That the NFL they've nailed it again with this fascinating free agent they have, period. They can't lose. I mean, that's it. Want to make it lose. push back the draft this year to make free agency a bit of a bigger thing. Yep. And they couldn't have asked for anything better because free agency, like I said before, it's been unbelievable this year. That first day where people were signing within 15, 20 minutes of free agency beginning was awesome. And then you look now and you're still getting big names that are being released. And there's talk around here that Vince Wilfork might soon be a free agent. He's asked, he was reportedly asking for his release. Nothing's come of that yet, but if Vince Wilfork hits the market, it's just another huge name. And it, it's a bit bittersweet for Patriots fans to look at. You can't really pay a guy who's coming off of a big injury like that at his position. You can't pay him the $11.75 million that he's going to earn against the cap. But it's hard to let him go. He's the last link other than Tom Brady to the Patriots' dynasty of Super Bowls as he was a rookie the last time the Patriots won a Super Bowl. So yep, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Yeah, and, you know, we all love Vince Wilfork up here, to say the least, and to see how he's grown and matured has been remarkable, but he weighs 375 pounds coming off the worst injury in sports, which is a Achilles tendon, So, and the Crafts are all business, say what they want, and he has that special relationship with Bob Kraft, you know, rooted with uh, Vince's relationship with Meyer Kraft, but yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, you know... It's been radio silence for a week. It has been, and it's it's interesting because I think that Vince said he won his release, and then we saw the B.J. Raji signing, and that's probably what Vince would be end up getting if he won on the open market. One year, $4 million. And I think he kind of pulled off his stance a little bit because 
going to be a big, big pay cut if he goes on the open market. I think he could probably restructure here and extend it out because he can't restructure in the last year, but extend out another year or two, make him a lifelong Patriot, give him some good money, maybe five or six million a year, and then the Patriots can move on with it. But still, radio silence is the perfect way to put it because we haven't heard anything since about two days after he requested his release. So we'll have to keep an ear out for that one. Absolutely. Uh, and with that said, hard to believe uh, we've reached the end of the show. Matt, thank you for your perspective. Fantastic, as always, on. and I appreciate you taking the time to call in today. No problem. And I've, uh, if anything else happens with the Patriots here in Freed's, you'll have to call back in and give you my take. You're always welcome, uh, to say the least. And finally, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is, of course, NCAA March Madness. And as always, Thank you for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.